Benvenidos and welcome to the Platform Latino podcast where we profile, highlight, and bring to the airwaves the successes of our community and those helping us to get us there. I'm your host, Osvaldo Valdez, and I'd like to thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello listeners, today I have an amazing woman on the podcast. Her name is Jai Vargas. She is a woman of many strengths and is the founder of The Latinista as well as her own diversity consulting firm. Hope you enjoy and here's the episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. I'm excited to uh, hear about this new endeavor of yours and to add to it. Um, Jai, could you tell me a little bit about your history and where you came from and you know how you got started? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm from the Dominican Republic. I was born there and I came over to the United States by way of New York City when I was very young. I went to college here in New York City at FIT as well as NYU. I majored in advertising and marketing communications. And when I was going through school, I really asked myself how I was going to be able to differentiate myself from all of the other students studying the same exact thing. And I found that my language, Spanish, was going to be just that for me. And so I focused what I was studying when it came to marketing and communications, but more particularly focusing on the Latino and Hispanic consumer experience. And so all of the career opportunities that I've had in the last 15 years that I've been working all really are focused on making sure I am very aware of the multicultural trends within the consumers as well as the community to be able to either help large brands understand how they can work with the community as well as giving back. Um, so now I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I've left corporate America and my work still is focused on the Latina and Latino experience. Uh, but more particularly around helping them strive within corporate America, within the community, or with their respective understanding of how they can give back. That's amazing. And congratulations on um, making the jump into full-time self-employment and entrepreneurship. Thank you. It has been a ride. It's actually been 10 months already, and it's going fairly quickly but I have been able to do quite a lot that I'm really proud of and bring a lot of really amazing women along with me on this journey with me. That's amazing. And um, your, your company, you have two sides of the company. You have the Latinista and then you have your own career consulting agency, correct? Yes, that's correct. So my Latinista group is something that I started seven years ago. And it really was formed because I was surrounded by so many professional Latinas and women of color who needed help. They needed help understanding how they could thrive and even survive within their corporate setting. They either didn't have the connections or the understanding of how to connect with mentors or perhaps even just articulating what they were looking for and how they were going to be able to ask for those raises and those bonuses. And so it started off very casually And we would get together at restaurants and any space where we can just connect with one another. I'd literally say, hey, Maria, meet my friend. 
Claudia, who just recently took a position in HR at, I don't know, JP Morgan, she'd love to be able to sit down with you and hear what you're looking to accomplish within your career. Perhaps there may be a match and you can start working there. So it was really informal at first. Um, the network started to grow immensely and I saw that the women needed a little bit more structure. They were asking for workshops that not only just allowed them to connect with other women who were on that same path, but they also wanted to learn how to articulate themselves, how to negotiate, how to find those jobs, what to say in an interview and how to even have a conversation with a headhunter and also how to pivot a lot of their careers. And so over the last four years, we've been structuring these workshops. Now we host these workshops in New York City, Chicago, Miami, and I'm headed to LA this year, 2019. And it's incredible. It's, it's been going really well and it's been a wild ride. Yes, uh, I'm excited to see you guys go coast to coast and um, really take over the US. Now, now, I just, I'm curious, I like to, I always like to learn people's stories and what was like the spark that, like what made you that one day be like, put the dots together and connect the dots and say, you know, look, I'm networking Maria with Claudia and Claudia with Rosa and, you know, vice versa. Like what, what gave you that little spark that said, maybe this could be a business, maybe I need to be more organized, maybe I can do it on a larger scale than, you know, dinner here and there with a few people. Mm -hmm. It was definitely the need. The women were asking for this. And I always like to make sure that I'm working very smart and efficiently instead of really hard. And so for me, I was taking a lot of time from my own personal uh, responsibilities to connect to these women, whether it was speaking on the phone with them and really getting them clear and focused on what it is that they're looking to accomplish to just meeting up for coffee and sort of peeling the layers of that onion. It was taking a lot of my personal time. So I decided to say, you know what? Why don't I structure this in a way where the women who do want to get some value out of the conversations and connections that we're having, they can pick one particular time to come in and do that and really focus so that it's not me giving up my personal time every other day and so it was really in a selfish way to make sure that I was streamlining all of the women who were asking for help and so I said I'm gonna open up a meetup group and this is the way that it's gonna happen every time someone reaches out I can say yep next month that is the date that you're gonna come if you really are focused on making a difference exactly so instead of like repeating yourself every night with the same kind of advice or help or support you you kind of organize into okay let me pick a few dates and they can come on those dates it's, it's it's really good to organize something like that as well as you know people can look forward to and plan and kind of also spread the uh, word of mouth did you see a large influx of um, members or people showing up to these i sure did i definitely did when there was a lot more structure it was easier to be able to count on the people that were going to be showing up and on another note, it was really interesting to see a lot of the women that were asking for help, but they weren't necessarily ready to go the extra mile to change something in their life. And so for me, it was really a test that I was posing to them and saying, okay, if you're really interested in meeting with me or others that are part of this network and doing something about the frustration you have in your career, let's see if you actually show up. 
a lot of people would say, oh, but I'm too busy. I've got something else to do. Why can't you just meet me on a Sunday morning? And I'd say, no, no, because you don't want it enough to actually make the time to come that one day a month where we're hosting something. And you know what? If you can this month, there's always next month. It, it has always been next month and next month and next month. We, we pride ourselves in making sure that we have a very consistent calendar where people can say, you know, I've got big responsibilities, but I'll be there next month. Yeah, you basically call their bluff. You know, if you, if you want to learn, you got to come, you got to show up. Absolutely. And a lot of them did. And we even welcome a lot of men. So men have been part of our group for quite some time. They add a very wonderful dynamic to the conversation and they really serve as allies. Because for me, I've come from the corporate planning perspective. Uh, I used to one, run women's groups and Latino employee groups in big corporations. And sometimes I sort of found myself saying, okay, I'm running an event for women professionals in this Fortune 50 company, but we're kind of preaching to the choir. We're, we're, we're sharing our frustrations and our challenges in this sort of bubble, in this silo, and we're upset that the men or the pace setters or the change makers or the decision makers aren't in this room supporting us. But we're kind of doing that to ourselves. They're not in this room because it's a women's event. Right. And so for me, building Latinista, it's very important to not just say this is a Latina event. We do our events always in English and open to anyone, any race or gender who wants to just come in and learn something. We focus on making sure that people come here to have a very open and candid discussion, but not just that, to actually learn something new and to implement I absolutely hate going to networking events where you're just kind of meeting new people and not taking any action. That to me is a waste of time. And so for my events, you have to bring your computer. We have the Wi-Fi set up and there is some action that you're taking that night or learning for the next morning that you're implementing. This is not a networking event. You are not coming to meet people. You can do that on LinkedIn <laughs> all day long. What's important is that you learn something new and that you actually make it happen that day or the next day. That, that is amazing. And I had like some questions and now I'm jumping to more questions. It's my head's, are, my head's going crazy. But um, going back when you were working with the Fortune 550 company and the ERP, which, which is like a minority group within the company, correct? Yes, it's an affinity group. So whether you're Latino, African-American, LGBT, or a woman, you can belong to this group. And the purpose of these ERGs is to make sure that you have a community that's focused around your career and leadership development with that company. Now, now Spring, like I went recently, I went to a networking event and um, kind of like a, they had a lot of panelists on diversity and inclusion. And one question was brought up to some of the, the panelists was, um, especially for women, you know, let's say a Latina woman, sometimes they're encouraged more to join the women's ERG versus the Latina one or the Latino one because the women have either more budget, more funding, more support, more power versus when it's Latino, you know, it's, it's a, usually a smaller group, unfortunately, but they might not have the, the resources that the women's group, like, well, how would you defend or support that? 
you know, that's actually really wonderful that you brought that up. I do a lot of strategy work with employee resource groups. And I am always of the notion of belonging to all of the resource groups. When I was in these major corporations, I not only ran and belonged to the women's and the Latino ERGs, I belonged to the LGBT one, I belonged to the Chinese American one, I belonged to the African American groups. Because there's a, there's a very big difference in what those groups and that community brings to the table. And me being a diversity and inclusion professional, I want to be a part of all of those conversations because they affect me in my life and my work in many different ways. And so, yes, it's important to belong to the Latino one. And it's also important to belong to the women's one. And you should always strive to figure out how you can be a valuable asset to that group. Don't just be a member and show up to these events and say, oh, that was a great panel. Oh, that was an interesting conversation. You know, because you could find all of this stuff on podcasts without even leaving your home or your desk. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is, I want to be a part of this leadership conversation. I want to be known as someone who's making a difference within this group. So what can you bring to the table to say to this group, when I come and sign up to the Women's Employee Resource Group, I am a great uh, communications professional. I can help on the social media aspect and I can type up all of the bios for all of the speakers that we're going to have featured this year. Right? It's making sure that people understand that you want to bring this group forward and it gives you a lot of visibility within the company and it lets you start to sort of focus on how your leadership is viewing you also as a leader. And so I belong to all of them naturally, but I tell people to be very strategic. Don't just belong to them. You have to really see how you can make a difference and attend a lot of their planning meetings. Maybe you don't attend all of the events, but you attend the planning meetings and you say, what's missing from this group that I can add? It's a very important conversation. Also, another good thing that I, th I was thinking is if you're part of many groups, maybe the African-American group is striving for this initiative that the Latino group can, and, or the women's group can also benefit from and you guys can join forces and, you know, the, in unity there is strength. So that, that could also be a, a little bit of advice for people that are trying to pick and choose instead of just joining all of them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it gives you a certain perspective as well. Number one, you can share budget, right? So if you're on the planning committee for the Black Inclusion Group, you're able to say, hey, we want to do something for Black History Month, but why don't we do this in partnership with the Latino ERG? And it can be an Afro-Latino panel discussion, and we can pull our budgets together. And as a matter of fact, why don't we reach out to ERGs at the company across the street? Maybe they've got a bigger venue and they can afford to pitch in for the food as well. So now you're not only just sitting in your own silo that you've built, but you're expanding that community and those resources significantly. This isn't just a networking conversation. This is like how you can literally bring value. Why do these employees need to leave their desk to join this conversation? Definitely. And how, how do you advise companies like to be more, like I'm just thinking of like the worst case scenario, if you have a micromanager and they're like, why are you away from your desk joining all these ERGs? when you should just be sitting there and working? How do you open up the, like, how do you open the dialogue or make the, the company pitch it so that it is more, in, like, 
open networking. Not networking in the sense, but you feel more comfortable in, in taking part in this, even if you have a manager that might not be as accepted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, ho- I help a lot of organizations really understand what the core values and the return on investment is going to be out of these programs. A lot of times you see employee resource groups or DNI initiatives that are just creating conversations and panels that don't really bring any value. You know, I've been to many panel discussions and conversations where they've got a team of executives up on the stage and the people in the audience are sort of saying, well, how does this affect my job? What did I just learn from these attorneys that's going to help me in a sales role? So it's really understanding your audience and your employees first and what they can get out of a conversation. A lot of these conversations take place during lunchtime. So you're not necessarily taking too much time away from your desk, but if you're a leader within these affinity groups and ERG groups, you want to make sure that when you come to the table and say, I want to help put together this event or discussion, how can I be of value? You can then take those sort of top three items that you want to have a discussion around and sit with your manager and say, I've decided to join the Latino Employee Resource Group and these are the ways in which I'm going to be helping them lead and I'm figuring that it won't take more than two or three hours of my work week to get this done. And my particular role is going to be very heavy on the emails, not so much meetings. So I'm going to be doing this from my desk to be able to help this group move forward when it comes to social media presence internally or communications on the intranet site or taking pictures at the events. And so it's really important for you to have that conversation with your manager and saying, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. This is how I'm helping this group. They need my leadership skills. And this is also what I'm going to be gaining from being part of this leadership conversation so that I could bring it back to my core job and help my colleagues and also share with you how I'm moving the needle here in our department and for the company overall. You know, you definitely want to have that conversation because you never want to be in an opportunity or a position where your boss is, my goodness, why is this person at all of these events? My goodness, I see these emails going back and forth. I had no idea that they were involved in this. How much time is this taking from their everyday job? So those conversations are a must. And are these like um, some of the, ne- the, not network, I keep using the word networking. Are these some of the workshops that you guys, you hold with the Latin, Latinista? So it's interesting. It's twofold. I have gotten a lot of opportunities to bring in conversations and workshops with my Latinista network. Um, so for example, an organization will call us up and they'll say, Jai, we need help hiring more Latinas in the sales or marketing space. Can we host a workshop, number one, with our recruiters and our existing marketing and sales Latinas internally? And then what I'll do is I'll invite the Latinista community to that organization so that they can then see what it feels like to work in a space like this. So it's sort of a twofold exposing the Latinista community to this great organization that they may see themselves working at and also helping that organization understand 
what the talent is looking for. So I've done it in that sense, as well as I've done it in diversity strategy, where they just call me in and I work internally to make sure that we develop programming, but based on the needs of an employee, not just assuming that they need help being a confident public speaker, but making sure that we survey them before we suggest any kind of workshop. Definitely. I love that. It's like you, you're opening the door and leaving the door open and you know, sharing that wealth of knowledge and, you know, on the side as well as they, they, I'm sure they meet people there when they're at these events and it's a, a second layer of networking. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it, it really has worked marvelously because some of these HR professionals and executives, they really do want to look for the Latina professionals or the women professionals, but depending on their lifestyle or where their organization may be located, they don't know how to tap into this community and all they can do is probably search online or just ask for organizations. And so that's what I do. That's what I pose to them as an opportunity. I will bring you the talent. You just have to tell me exactly what you're looking for. And they're definitely out there. Some of these HR professionals um, just hold a, a specific kind of life and maybe they don't know many Latina or women professionals. And so that's what I'm here to do is to bring the Latina professionals to these corporate organizations that are looking to invest in them. Now, I, I, I'm kind of going down this track, but one thing I have noticed in the last maybe six months, I've gone to several work, um, workshops or conferences about um, DNI, which is diversity and inclusion. And mm-hmm. the one thing I did notice is there's not much Latino, Latina representation. It's usually white and black. Um, what, why, and you know, we do represent almost 17, 18% of the population and we have a lot of buying power, but what do you see working with these corporations that's showing why we're not as represented as other minorities? That's really interesting that you've noticed that. So are you talking about the panelists or the speakers that, that, um, approach these discussions? Sometimes the panelists like that people in actual diversity and inclusion roles is, um, you know, it's either women, black, or, or white. You know, no, I'm not saying it's bad to have them, but I'm just curious of why there isn't Latin, you know, representation. Yeah. It's usually one or the other. It's not a Latina woman. You know, I've seen here and there a few, but not as much as, you know, I don't see 18% of that mm-hmm. being Latino. Yeah, you're completely right. A lot of these positions within the DNI space are either run by an African American man or a white or Caucasian man or woman. Um, I know very few Latinas or Latinos that are in the diversity space, which is um, really just a shame because we certainly hold a good enough percentage within certain organizations to be able to grab a seat at that table. What I think is that there aren't many Latinos that are necessarily raising their hand to be able to fill those spots or they don't necessarily see the value in being part of that voice. And so it's an interesting trend. I'd love to just research a little bit more about that and the reasons for it. Um, Since I've been in this space for the last 13 years, I definitely know uh, a great amount of Latinos in this space, but they are very, very, very few and far between. Um, I'm definitely making sure that that changes. 
And it's also important to understand that there are executive search firms specifically looking for DNI practitioners and executives to fill those spots. Um, some Latinos just aren't aware of the opportunities or the connections that you need to have to be able to fill that space within those roles. And how do you like? How do you market um, the Latinista and you know your your services? Do you? I know you're a big proponent on LinkedIn, and I like to talk a little bit more about that. But also, like networking events, or is it word of mouth? I don't know if you can dive into that a little bit more. Absolutely. Thankfully, social media has just opened up so many, so many doors for us when it comes to our workshops. Since I've been doing this now for seven years, I've gathered some incredible organizations, companies, and venues that allow us to use their space. And I've got tons of connections that have either attended an event or a webinar that are immediately just impacted by the work. So I've got a really long list of supporters that have made it an opportunity and a possibility for us to host workshops and webinars along with them. Um, it is definitely a very challenging thing to do when you're doing promotions. I do so many events. Just last year in 2018, I hosted 23 events in New York City and about 11 in Chicago um, and many more across the U.S. And so if you can imagine, every single time that I'm hosting an event, not only do I have to create the graphics, my team does that, but we have to create the graphics for each and every event and post it on Facebook pages, Facebook groups, meetup.com, Eventbrite, Splash, LinkedIn, our website, and so many other places. So times that by nine places you've got to post for each event that you host. Um, but you have to be able to cover all of the bases because even with all of that promotion, I still get women approaching me and saying, oh my goodness, I didn't see that event posted. Where can I find information? And I'm like, wow, we posted in a million different places. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of algorithms and such, um, it's definitely uh, very challenging but we do as much as we can, and thankfully, we've got an incredible list uh, that we've built over the years to be able to keep these women in the know when it comes to receiving our newsletters. And uh, it's also about taking control and making sure that this is a priority for you. So if you definitely do want to make a change in your career or your leadership skills, you will make the effort to find the information. I mean, we are everywhere. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. When I was researching um, for this podcast, I did notice um, I, I had met Aurelia in Chicago. Yes. Oh, she's fantastic. She is my local Chicago brand ambassador, and she is incredible. Yeah, I met her at a conference a few years ago in um, in Boston. She's been, you know, we follow each other on LinkedIn and, and each other's successes. It's, it's amazing, the, the small network. You know, once you start talking to people and you realize how connected you are, and that's one huge advantage of LinkedIn and um, I you know whenever I approach or ask for advice of job searching or you know how do I get to look more professional I always say we'll start a LinkedIn profile and get get that filled out 
what's your like what I know you I've heard some other podcasts with you and you really um, hone in on the fact of using LinkedIn. What's like one tip that you say is vital for LinkedIn? Wow. One of the tips I most commonly share is to make that you understand how to bring value every single time you post. So let's say you're at a conference or at an event. It's not about posting a picture of you saying, hey, I'm at this really great conference and we're having a good time. No, that brings no value to the people reading this. What you have to understand is when you're at a conference, what are you doing there that's going to help change your life or your career? And how can you share this with the world? And so, yes, you can take a picture. Please don't make it all about yourself. Take a picture of the organization or the nonprofit that you're helping. Share with our community, which is the online audience, why you're there, who invited you, what this is all about, and how people can also get involved. So drop in the link to that YMCA. Drop in the link to the Boys and Girls Club. Or simply say, hey, if you need more information, reach out to David at X, Y, and Z, and we hope to see you at the next event, right? It's about bringing value to people, not just posting pictures of yourself at these conferences. You need to understand that this is a, a conversation and you want to engage with your community. This is not Facebook. You're not just posting for the sake of posting. Exactly. Yeah, you have to show purpose and you know value and the reason you're there and why you want to share that with your community on on LinkedIn. And I, I'm very, <laughs> I agree with you a lot about LinkedIn is not Facebook. It's not a social platform. It is very professional, and you should keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, but I like that you say you know create value. One podcast that I listen to, he says you know if you're trying to network with somebody or you kind of form a better connection. Offer some ideas you may have for their business or why you think you guys, not so much saying, I want to meet with you because it will help me, but more, this is why, this is, these are things I think that can help yourself. You can take them or leave them, but, you know, I would love to continue the conversation and it's helped, it's helped me in the past. I know I'm sending 10 ideas to people and they're like, okay, he gave them to me for free. It's not like he's looking for something. Let me continue the conversation. Yes. it's And what you're doing there is called reciprocity. You're giving value. You're helping someone else. I mean, what does it cost you? Literally seconds, right? You could be reading an article and you can say, oh, this is really important for John to know because I know that he's trying to build an app. Let me send it to him real quick. And the more that you do that within your community or to complete strangers, it you know always comes back to you they're going to remember that you actually are trying to build a relationship with them and then you brought value to them. So it's called reciprocity. That one time that you're going to ask them for advice or information or you need them, they're going to remember you and they're going to say, oh, you know what? He helped me out a lot and he's always sending me these really great articles. I will certainly get on the phone with him and try to help him as much as I can. Definitely. And have you... Do you have any examples that you remember from either from either side of the the book? Because reciprocity is, you know, both sides that you can offer our listeners. Oh, absolutely! I mean, my brain works like a rolodex. Every time I meet someone, I ask them how I can help them. Right. So whether you're trying to write a book, where you're whether you're trying to create your own travel blog or whether you're trying to pivot from being a recruiter to an event planner. Every time I think of you and what your goal is, 
I always try to send you information that's going to help you in that journey. I'm a connector. So even if I don't have the information that's going to help you, I'm going to connect you with someone that can or send you an article that you need to read so that it can help you on your journey. So that to me is a daily practice. If you tell me that you're trying to accomplish something and I come across an article, to me, I literally will email you every single time I come across something that you need to read or every single time I meet someone that you need to meet. And I don't, and I don't ask for anything in return because it literally takes me seconds. And I just love doing that because at the end of the day, I also appreciate that from people. They were like, hey, Jai, here's um, you know, a startup competition you should enter. Hey, Jai, they're looking for a keynote speaker at a women's event. I sent in your bio. Hey, Jai, I just connected you with this person who's looking for X, Y, and Z. Right? It's always making sure that you are helping those people in their journey so that they can also do the same for you. Exactly. And, and you're doing it you know, tenfold with the Latinista, you know, helping probably countless hundreds, maybe even thousands of women, you know, really feel empowered and, you know, able to have the tools to, to go on. And I like the fact that you say at the workshops, it's not, hi, you're going to listen here and then go on your own. You're like, no, bring your stuff. We're getting to work and you're really going to implement these practices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I always tell people what to expect. This is not a networking event. You're not going to like hang out and meet people in the room. You are coming here to learn something. For example, the event that I'm hosting this month is a goal setting web, uh, a goal setting workshop. And it's being led by a Dominican judge who's done so much in the criminal justice system. She is an absolute champion. She's from the Dominican Republic as well, and she's going to be leading our discussion about being very strategic and intentional and tactical about every conversation that you have, every single meeting that you have, every single coffee time that you place in your atmosphere. And it's so important for people to understand that when you come to these workshops, you're coming to work. You're not coming to make friends. This is about upskilling. So it's really in essence, taking the time to learn something new, right? A lot of the women that surround me, we're almost in our 40s, we don't have time, or the money, or the means, right, to go back to school. And so I constantly look for workshops and intentional upskilling topics to help these women get from point A to point Z. Come on in. Today we're going to learn about digital marketing. Come on in. Tomorrow we're going to learn about 401ks and investing in the stock market. And those are the types of conversations that we need. Not necessarily about like, oh, let's talk about being a mentor again. No, we don't need to have those conversations. You can find that on the internet somewhere. Or you've probably been to 20 different panel discussions already hyper-ventilating on that topic. Just on repeat. Yes, gosh, and we're so over it. Let's move the conversation and get into action. Yeah, so it's one thing about thinking and talking about it, but the action is the it's the harder of the two, but it's um definitely what's needed to be done and there's a lack of it, you know, that can really take us forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um so what are some other values and pillars of um of yours or Latinista or your companies that that you would like to share? 
Well, let's see. So all of the workshops that we do are completely focused on your career and your leadership skills. I actually get a lot of women approaching us that want to have a conversation around finding purpose. I guess it has a lot to do with the stressors of being in cities like New York, Chicago, and Miami. Miami is a little bit less fast-paced, but being in the New York and then in the Chicago area, a lot of the women are really searching for purpose. They've gotten to the point in their careers where, okay, they've made a significant amount of money, but how is this impacting their daily personal lives or their futures? And so a lot of the times we focus around being very smart and intentional about the money that you're saving so that you can really do what you're passionate about, whether that's building a community, starting a non-for-profit, or having the luxury to be able to travel anytime you want. And so it's having those discussions and conversations and putting a plan in place, not just saying, oh, one day I'm looking forward to traveling every other month and building a nonprofit. No, it's about literally, what are you going to do tomorrow? What's the conversation with your manager? Let's talk about some of the language and what is the number of bonus or salary that you need this year to be able to make your other goals and passions come to life at the end of this year. We're not waiting more than one year. We need to take action right now. And so it's all about putting it into fruition, making sure that you've got that strategic plan in place. Because if you're just sort of dreaming about it, it's not going to happen. And year after year, I see a lot of women saying, yes, I know, I know. I'm going to open up my website. I know I'm going to ask for that raise. I know I've got to sit down with, you know, my financial advisor and see if it's going to happen. You know, like they say, you, you've only got one life to live and it's very short. And so I like to be a little, little bit of a bully sometimes and force these women to take action or to just put it down on paper because there's so many people in this community and this network that can literally help you make this come to life tomorrow. You just got to do the work. Most of the time, everyone already knows what they need to do. We already know. You know, sometimes we're just too lazy to actually do it or we need someone to help push us a little bit. Definitely. And, you, you know, putting it down on paper is important as well as reading it out loud and then also accountability. And that's what you guys are offering a little bit to kind of, call, like I mentioned earlier, call their bluff, kind of put some pressure on them, but friendly pressure, but also the support system and let them know, you know, these are some steps that you can take to, to really accomplish your goals and dreams. And don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next year. You can get started today. Absolutely. And it really goes by so fast. I mean, we're already almost in the middle of February. A lot of the women came to me at the end of last year or early January, and they had a lot of goals in place. And so I do some private coaching, for example, on LinkedIn, and I send reminders. I say, hey, you know, we're about a month out until the end of Q1 is over. Send me your list of accomplishments. What have you done? And if you haven't even started, then we're going to have a completely different conversation because I don't want to work with someone who's not motivated. I don't want to work with someone who makes this so complicated. It really isn't that complicated. You already know what you have to do. Just get it done or stop talking about it. Yeah. And sometimes just saying, give me an hour, sit down, get it and get working. And, you know, just 
kind of showing them how simple it is and that they're overcomplicating things that that are all just you know kind of preventing them from from getting started yeah and i always you know my friends always laugh because i'm always like it's really not that complicated it's really simple you literally just have to do it stop talking about it just do it right now you know but people get stuck in this sort of analysis paralysis and also being perfectionists i got a lot of emails and conversations from women who are like well, the logo is not perfect or that's not the color I want my website to be or I need to go do a professional photo shoot before I launch. And I'm like, you know, these are just excuses. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to exist because it's going to take you a very long time to accomplish these things. And if you keep putting them off, you're going to go months into this strategy. And even when you do launch that website, it's going to take months for people to even notice it. So you might as well start now sending out those proposals and then you can refine it along the way but it needs to just happen exactly and then the, i know you you talk a lot about career advice so you know there there's early professionals coming straight out of college there's mid season as well as there's more seasoned people you know with these some of these motivations and goal setting them talking about bonuses like what would you give advice to somebody that you know they've been in the profession for let's say 10 15 years They've never talked to their boss about salary unless it was asked upon them, but now they want to take a more proactive approach and be a little bit more aggressive with their their goals. Like how do you cuz I I'm just talking about it, I'm thinking it's very fearful and then re- recently I had an interview and they asked what was your biggest regret at the past or your your weakness and it wasn't it was op- not opening a dialogue early enough to let my boss know I want to, you know, grow with the company and be promoted. So it, it's always harder to backtrack and versus you know being proactive but what advice would you give to that kind of person yeah i really love that you have that self acknowledgement and that you realize that um a lot of people don't and i definitely applaud you for that um when i do a lot of my career coaching unfortunately you can't just jump into a conversation with your manager and expect them to give you a raise because you've been there 5, 10 or 15 years. You don't necessarily deserve it. And so a lot of the times we put a plan into place and it's usually a 3 to 4 month plan. And the 3 to 4 month plan dives a lot into self introspection. Really being honest about what you've accomplished to date with that organization and what are some of the things that are challenges and opportunities for you maybe you don't speak up in meetings right perhaps you have to go take a public speaking course maybe you've never asked to go to a professional development conference that the company would probably pay for you to attend and maybe you haven't necessarily shown up as a leader or asked for that extra project or even to just manage the intern that's going to come in in the summer. And so it's really identifying some of those things that you can put on the table for your manager. Have a discussion around saying, "You know what? In the next 3 to 4 months, I'm looking to make a change within my career here and I want to grow with the company. And I really want to be very transparent and hopefully you can help me accomplish this. Here are the three things that I think I can better within our department here and for myself. Please let me know if you're willing to support me by either paying for these conferences, ordering these books, 
paying for some of the tuition where I'm going to be taking an online webinar or a weekend or night class at a local college or university or going to a public speaking course. And if your manager is very open to that conversation and you feel like they really want to support you and you know they're kind of like, absolutely, let's get to it. Then you start laying out the plan and making those asks. And then four months later, as long as you've checked off everything in your power that you've done very, very well, you can have another conversation with your manager and say, these are the goals that I set up for myself. Thank you so much for supporting me and for also paying for some of these things. I want to have another conversation so that we can be very clear about how you see me as a leader in this company. Are there other opportunities within this department or other departments that I can start reading about or having some informal conversations internally? You know, and sometimes you have to go back and forth with your manager. Perhaps they're able to talk to you about some of the ways in which you could have done better at your development, or maybe you missed a couple things. It might not be easy. But sometimes, since you've never asked before and you're being bold and you're working very hard, they might just give you that bonus or that raise or at least say, all right, bonuses are paid off in September and March. I'm going to put your name in. Let's see what happens. You know, if you get to those months and you have a conversation with your manager and they kind of say, mm, sorry, it was declined. Let's try again for March. And if it was declined again, then you need to do a lot of reevaluating um, about your role and what you're looking to accomplish because you shouldn't wait more than a year to see some of the fruits of that labor. Definitely. Yeah, one thing I've, I've realized over time is um, there's one thing to think about it, but it never hurts to ask, you know, and you always have to deliver value and overcommit and not overdeliver is better than overcommit, but you know, you never know until you ask. So if you ask them, you know, maybe they just say yes. Ask them to pay for a conference or you want to hear a talk. A few hundred dollars for a major company is not a huge investment. And plus, a lot of companies have that already fixed in their budget that's just untapped. So it's a good thing that you, you know, open the dialogue, talk to them, as well as ask a little bit, but, you know, be strategic about it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And some companies, I've heard a lot of them even say, Sorry, we can't give you a salary bump or any bonuses, but just like you said, they are willing to buy those books or, or help with the training or send you to some conferences. And you can do a lot of networking and positioning yourself for your next big move at conferences that they'll put you in front of. I mean, that's literally my whole career. Um, I've been to so many conferences around the world and that's helped my personal and professional development twofold. And then I, I was just thinking about a recent conversation. We were just talking about asking an open dialogue, but um, you know, one, one stereotype of Latinos and Latinas are, you know, we're bold, spicy, outspoken. Now, if I, a friend of mine, she was working at a very toxic company and, you know, she kind of challenged her, her supervisor because it was, she was asking a little bit out of the frame of work and very, it was like, like I said, very toxic, but after she kind of challenged her, pushed back a little bit, the, the boss or her supervisor said, oh, that's just her Italian nature. She's very outspoken. Like what, how do you communicate past that? If, you know, if we, you know, you're lumped in a, a community or a stereotype of, of such sorts. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's very challenging. Um, I've seen and I've heard uh, a lot of misguided conversations um, and assumptions about people. It's really also training others how to treat you and also how to brand yourself. I do a lot of workshops on branding and even if you have some of those certain attributes that others might find are negative, it's being able to focus more on the positive, right? And so if you are very outspoken or passionate, you can start using that to your advantage. I mean, maybe you'll want to start conversations in meetings. Perhaps you'll be able to find a leadership position within your current organization where you can always be the moderator or a panelist or a communications person. Try to spin it and, of course, have a conversation if you feel like someone is... Um, not being respectful because you also have to speak up. You can't just let someone brand you as such or even put you in a box where you feel negative about some of these attributes that you may have. So it's definitely having a conversation around that, showing others how to treat you and some of the vocabulary that you're using. Like for example, in a lot of my branding, I tell the accountants, that every time that they get a new project or are in conversations with someone, they should always say, well, you know, I'm very good at numbers and I'm very analytical and I want to make sure that I'm understanding how we're putting this together. The more that you say those words describing yourself, people will then start to use those words to describe you even when you're not in the room. And so it's very important for you to start training people how to address you and how you are so that you can stop letting them just brand you by what they see or by what they hear. Exactly. You have to prove to them that how you define yourself is how you want to be looked at and, you know, don't assume anything because everybody's different. And, mm -hmm. Okay. So I know I, I want to be respectful of time. I have a few questions. Like I, I call, I'm calling it the lightning round to be generic, but oh, I love it. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to decide which one I should start with, but let's let's start with this one. Um, what can women do on a day-to-day -day basis to establish a fair playing field in business or, or life that kind of closes the gap from, you know, the income differences as well as just not being well represented in the, the business sense? When it comes to income inequality, we can absolutely start daily, weekly, monthly conversations about money. That's one of the biggest challenges and biggest conversations that are out there right now. Women are uncomfortable talking about money and we need to change that. You need to be comfortable enough to go up to your colleague, your coworker, your friends in the company and say, you know, we have similar positions. How much are you making? How long have you been in this company? What's your trajectory? What was your bonus like? Until we get over the taboo of talking about money, we are going to be left behind. It's very important that you're very open and transparent to talk about what you're making or what you're setting yourself up for. Sometimes I speak with women that have been in a company for five or 10 years, and when they finally get around to asking these questions to their colleagues, they are absolutely baffled at how much less they're making for the same amount of work that their colleagues are doing. And whose fault is that, right? Maybe you weren't asking the questions or, or, or pressing the conversation or 
or even just knowing that it's so important that we have the conversations around money. There should be nothing wrong with you sharing how much you make, right? If, if a woman or a man wants to work in an equal space, we need to be willing to have those conversations and you need to drill down. Okay. Maybe this person went to X school. Maybe this person has X much more experience, but if you find yourself in a place where you've done everything you can and you have the same role, but are making way less money, you need to do something about it. You either need to do something about it with your manager or you need to get out of that company and start all over again. Definitely. And, um, the, no, I, I agree totally. You know, like I mentioned before, if you if you ask, it never hurts to ask. You know, they may tell you no, but they may tell you your, their salary and that offers a, a point to start the discussion. Yeah, and it's not illegal. It's not illegal to have conversations with your colleagues or your friends about how much they're making, right? And it's, it's all just about transparency. You don't want to get left behind. It's really important. So we have to get over that taboo. I mean, it's kind of like... I know that the, some of the Asian cultures are very open about it. They're like, hey, where did you get that purse and how much was it? I want it. You know, very open and honest. Why wouldn't you be able to ask a question like that, right? If you want something and you need more information, just ask. Definitely. You do it in a day-to-day, like you with your friends. Yo, where'd you get that? You know, who, where'd you buy that? What would you see? You know, it's, it's just opening your, a conversation between two adults. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the next question would be, what's one thing men can do immediately to help and support women empowerment? Oh, I love that one. The one thing that they can do is to be champions, not necessarily mentors or sponsors, but be champions. And something that's very tangible that I can give you as an example is say you're speaking on a panel discussion or say you're at a meeting, or say you're at an event or a dinner, and all of a sudden you're a man and you look around and you're like, wait a minute, why are there only men at this conference? Or why are there only men on this panel? Or why are there only men at this dinner? Be bold and brave enough to say, hey, you know, this doesn't look right. I don't wanna speak on a panel full of men. Why don't you reach out to someone like Jai? I'll let her take my place because there needs to be a conversation from both sides. And I don't want to be part of something that's going to be way too men focused. So we have to be a lot more cognizant of our surroundings. And I have no shame. I actually call out tons of panels on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and I'm asking, wow, this is a technology conference or wow, This is a financial conference. How come there are no women on this panel discussion? How is that even possible? So you have to just be very brave, unapologetic, and you have to be that person that says, I'll even give up my spot, but this needs to look very different. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, um, Jai, for for meeting with me and, you know, having this, this discussion. I think it's pretty apparent that you know you you need to be bold bold offer value unapologetic but you know strategic at the end of like where you're going and positioning yourself and um if anybody's listening and they want to connect with you more what's the best avenue absolutely you can find me on linkedin of course jai vargas or you can go to my website jaivargas.com okay and then also there's the latinista right where they can find more about the 
Exactly. And that website is thelatinista.com. And we're on every single social media site you can imagine. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jai. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please hit subscribe. And of course, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all other social media platforms at Platform Latino. That's P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-L-A-T-I-N-O. Thanks again and have a wonderful and inspired day.